The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. The way of life, the favor of God, the pathway of truth and blessing and righteousness. According to Proverbs 10, it's the Lord and His Word. Well, welcome to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper. We are so glad that Bert Harper is back with us today. And we are in Proverbs 10. If you're at a place where you can take a copy of the Bible, turn in God's Word to the Old Testament book of Proverbs, and that's where we'll be. Plus, later in the show, we'll get your questions and uh, your phone calls. But Bert, uh, we've got a very special guest. But before you introduce him, I want to say welcome back. It is good to be back, Alex, and uh, it, we were out for three days uh, under that what is called quarantine, but feel much Bless better you. and ready to go, and I'm excited to come back with our guest with being the president of Preborn, who has really become a friend, if you want to know the truth. I was able yes. to interview him early on as I started this ministry, Dan Steiner. Dan, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, uh, Bert and Alex, so good to be back on my one of my favorite shows on AFR because uh, we're talking about my favorite book, The Word of God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, Dan, it's great to have you and, and how we thank the Lord for you and we thank the Lord for the vital, vital ministry of Preborn. Well, it's a, a mutual ministry, as I've said on some of the other programs as we're about the effort this week to try to raise uh, 3,000 ultrasounds for these girls in our clinics, that we just couldn't do it without American Family Radio. It's been uh, one of the primary vehicles that the Lord has used to uh, allow us to extend our reach into the deepest abortion strongholds of America, New York, Los Angeles, Houston, Dallas, Chicago, Miami, uh, Washington, D.C., where we're hour by hour, taking away Planned Parenthood's customers together. So uh, it's a pleasure to, to be on the show here today and thankful for uh, American Family Radio's uh, initiative here this, this, this week uh, to mm -hmm. try to uh, raise more support. Everything Preborn does is for free, whether it's an ultrasound or counseling pregnancy test, uh, you know, uh, housing and doctor visits and baby food and cribs and car seats and maternity clothes and whatever that girl needs, it's easy to say to her, you shouldn't have an abortion, but then she's going to say, okay, so you can, you know, you're going to take care of me. I don't want to have a place to live. My boyfriend's kicking me out. My parents are kicking me out. You know, that preborn says, yeah, we will help you. Our clinics uh, that we run and lead all across the nation in these high abortion cities. So um, this is an application what you fellas do on a on a daily basis and preaching, you know, that true religion in the sight of our God and Father is to visit the orphan and the widow in their affliction, keeping oneself unstained from the world, as it says in James. And that's what we're doing together. We're loving that cultural widow whose husband or boyfriend is not supporting her, whose parents are trying to get her to abort. She's alone. She needs somebody. And that's where the listeners 
of American Family Radio come in to support her, allowing us to reach her, allowing us to minister yes. to her. And, and, and Dan, uh, isn't it true that um, of expectant mothers, uh, those that see an ultrasound of their child, like 80% will opt for life, right? It's, it's really a game changer, Alex. If we uh, try to talk her out of it without showing her an ultrasound, maybe half the time will be successful. But if she can see an ultrasound and most importantly, hear the heartbeat of her child, uh, there's just something that happens. I had an OBGYN actually tell me that there's a hormonal response, an anatomical response to a mother hearing her baby's heartbeat. And uh, that allays the pressure that uh, is being put on her most of the time by the mother of the pregnant girl wanting to abort the grandchild. They don't want to deal with it. Or the boyfriend or husband not wanting another child. And so, or a child. And so she needs another voice. And that voice is that heartbeat. You're right, Alex. It is uh, the most powerful weapon we have. And so... When your listeners call 877-616-2396 to make their tax-deductible gift, why, uh, uh, that's what we're doing. We're, we're changing the odds dramatically. <laughs> I was just going to give that number. And, and Bert, how can people give online, too? They can go on AFR.net. There is a flag there. You can go there at AFR.net. And, again, that number, Dan's given it. Eight seven seven six one six two three nine six, and you say, well, how do we get this this number? Well, your gift of twenty eight dollars provides uh, a, a, an abortion for a person seeking abortion a free ultrasound, and again, that's where that heartbeat and that picture does the work. For $140, there's five free ultrasound sessions reaching five women. Now, I, I wanted to give this, and, and then, Dan, I, I know your heart. Your heart is for the baby, and but your heart is also for that lady who's come in that needs to know the Lord. Over the past 15 years, preborn centers have counseled over 385,000 women considering abortion. More than 169,000 babies' lives have been saved, and more then 57,000 women have surrendered their lives to Christ. Now, let me just say this. There's churches out there. They're just not reaching a lot of their community. They're just not. I want to just tell you, supporting this, you are not only saving lives of babies, but you're reaching young ladies and many times their family with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dan, uh, it's 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 double, triple, quadruple what you get for what what the amount of money that is given, and what is gotten out of it is more than just twenty eight dollars worth, isn't it? Oh yeah, this is far more than the ultrasound. What we've got here are <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing. You've got a woman that wants to terminate the life of her child, or you know, under pressure, talking to you know homeschool mother six. In our clinic, you know, she might be pregnant at the time herself, Bible-believing, church attendant, you know, Sunday school teacher, maybe she does a wanna, you know, or whatever. <laughs> She's talking to still wants to abort her baby. 
that's what we're able to do. We're able to attract these women on the Internet, get them to come into our center. And we know that the greatest need that this woman has is the relationship with the chief executive officer of Freeborn. And that isn't me. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So mm. we are evangelists. Uh, this is my hobby is evangelism uh, and the great delight. And, it's, and it permeates throughout our organization. Preborn centers lead the nation and the percent of women that come to Christ. And so we know that if we can get her to choose Christ, she gets filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Word of God, uh, she's going to make better decisions, like sex, not having sex outside of a marriage, for one, uh, you know, not getting pregnant and being in this predicament and making wise choices on life partners. and It just goes down the gamut. And so, yeah, it's a two-for-one. As you guys well know, it's uh, um, helping her, getting her into the center, loving her, showing her we care about her and not just her baby, having her uh, see her baby on ultrasound, choose life, give her the material support and the emotional support she needs through compassion givers in our clinics, and then introducing her to Jesus and his church. And this is what these girls need. And it's our just, you know, Americans are hard to reach. They're self-sufficient. They're, you know, not spiritual seekers. And, and they're abandoning the church, which is tragic. Yes. But we're reaching them. And they're coming to us by the thousands, by the tens of thousands in our clinics and online. And uh, so the the... You know, the sexuality of America is a great field for evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, you know, like we had nearly 8,000 last year, 2021, come to Christ. And our, our goal is to lead 12,000 women to wow. Christ, Lord willing. Say, say that again, Dan. Year. How many last year came to the Lord? Uh, it was like 7,900-some 7, uh, women God. came to Christ. Yeah, last Bert, year. Isn't that We're, amazing? It is. And when you... I just want to hit, if you hear Dan's heart, you hear the heart of a man of God who was called into evangelism, who loves life, and God put on him this vision and this burden. You know, that's that's what you get when we're studying the prophets, Dan and Alex, we were studying them. That was a burden, uh, a vision, and then a word of the Lord would come to them. And mm. what you've done Good. here is combine those into this preborn ministry. And did you hear the cities that they're going into, Alex? We're, mm. we're talking about major, major city areas that are, are and and here is preborn just permeating that darkness with not only life but the gospel. Dan, uh, are, are you going to those places on on purpose? Have y'all? Have you looked at them and said, that's where we need to be? Yeah, you guys might be familiar. What was the guy's name? Was His last name was Stott. Maybe it's R.W. Stott. But anyway, he has this quote that's been an inspiration to me that you guys will recognize, which is, some people want to build their ministry within the sound of the church's bell, but I prefer, and I'm called to build a ministry outside the gate of hell. <laughs> and uh, that's let me tell you, that's Los Angeles and New York. You know, that's where the the liberal, uh, satanic uh, strongholds are in our country. That's where the killing fields of America are. There's yeah. uh, 
California does 23% of the abortions in America. One state, 23% of the abortions. Really? Over 200,000. In New York City, the five boroughs of New York City, where we are the primary player in competition uh, to the abortion juggernaut there, there's like 85,000 children that die in those five boroughs. That's not the whole state. Uh, Miami's 70,000. You know, Houston's 25,000. So this is, we have intentionally chosen these big states, uh, these big cities, because that's where abortion is happening. Over half the abortions in America happen in only five places that we've mentioned. And so as much as I'd rather be in Tupelo, uh, you know, it's a lot friendlier. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's where we need to be and it's where we're, we're focused. And, and you as a listener, when you make that phone call and you support that $28 a month or our one-time gift or $140 for five ultrasounds, uh, you're, you're going out to the very front line of abortion in the, in the United States. We are head-to-head, hour-by-hour, with Planned Parenthood and these other big abortion chains. And, uh, frankly, we're winning. We are much better at marketing, and Amen. compassion wins. Truth and compassion wins. So, Amen. Well, Dan, it has been a joy to have you with us. We're coming to close the end of this segment, and, again, that number is 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or you can donate online at AFR.net, $28, we'll get one ultrasound, $145, we'll, uh, and you can divide that, you can give more than that, it's not limited to that. So Dan, thank you, brother. My joy to join you, gentlemen, see you at NRB. Okay, we'll see. That's coming up. We're looking forward to it. And and Alex, thank you. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Christopher Tuttle, Chief Financial Officer for the Federal Financing Bank. Mr. Tuttle leads the corporation that handles federal budget management issues for the United States. Psalm 24.1 reminds us of why it's important that we be good stewards. The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to the Lord. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Christopher Tuttle that he may serve as a good steward for our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says, as America becomes more and more polarized, it's more important than ever for believers to decide either to follow culture or follow Christ. He'll share an example of what that choice looks like today as we spend two minutes with Tony. It was a military guy one day, and he asked permission from his superior to go to a wedding. He said, and the commanding officer said, well, yeah, this Saturday you can go to a wedding, but you need to be back by 10. The private said, but uh, you don't understand, sir, to go there to get back, to be back by 10, you don't understand, I'm in the wedding. That's when the superior said, no, you don't understand, you're in the Navy. Now, I got, I got all that 
fun stuff you're doing out here, but you have to understand who your commanding officer is. So you must adjust. See, we got too many Christians adjusting in the wrong direction. They're adjusting to the culture. They're dumbing down the standard. When you are committed to Christ, he will sometime take you to places you don't want to go. And to tell you otherwise, I would not be telling you the truth. See, we don't want to follow Christ when we don't like where he's taking us. And I, you know, me too. I, I, don't, I don't want to go certain directions. But the question is, am I willing to identify with him? Jesus just doesn't want to be in your life. He wants to be your life. If you're ready to let God remodel your relationship with him, start by checking out Dr. Evans' CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. Welcome back to Exploring there's the Word, and we thank you for joining us. We hope you are a part of what God is doing in your life. And and that this God who is the difference maker in your life has made that difference in your life. We just got through talking to Dan Steiner, his president of Preborn, a ministry that puts ultrasounds in pregnancy centers at crisis places, very important places. And you can be a part of that by $28 or provide an ultrasound for one lady and $140 free five free ultrasounds and these people not only get to look at and see the baby hear the heartbeat but they also hear the gospel and alex i cannot think of a more evangelistic i would say plus liberating and important ministries than preborn. oh i know i know because really folks this is the issue of our times because um i mean culturally uh, sociologically, but spiritually. I mean, the fact that we made it legal, or well, we, I'll put it this way, we took away all legal protection for the unborn. And the abortion industry, and those that are pro-choice, they call it, but really, they, they really want no legal protection for the unborn. And as we've said many times, Bert, you know, our whole nation was predicated on the idea that we are made in God's image, and because we're human beings, all people, all people inherently have worth and value and dignity because they're made in the image of God. And so there's so many issues. But, you know, our uh, national culture of, of abortion, Chuck Colson said it was, we've become a culture of death. And Dr. Colson, who spoke for us in our conferences, he was a, a close personal friend, but he talked about the coarsening of the culture. And Bert, I sincerely believe that um, part of the reason we've become a lawless, coarse, hardened society is because we no longer value the life. We, we don't view human life as, as a sacred gift from God. And so standing with preborn, standing up for life, 
um, regardless of whether or not you're a Christian, I hope you are a Christian, I hope you have trusted the Lord, but everybody should care about the issue of life, regardless of their religious belief, shouldn't they? They should. And again, uh, AFR, we do partner with Preborn. They're one of our most important partner ministries. We love them. Uh, we support them. We thank God that we are being able to work with them to make a difference in the lives of women and children and families. And you can be a part, again, by calling 877 616 2396. That's 877 616 2396. Or you can donate online at AFR.net. One more thing before we jump into to Proverbs, we won't have as much time because of the interview, but we don't apologize for it because this is an important ministry. I do want to thank Jim Stanley for, uh, you know, pinch hitting yes. for me while I was out. It's always good to have Jim, and I thank you guys for keeping on, keeping on. But let's jump into Proverbs. Y'all got to chapter 10, verse 14, wasn't it, Alex? We did. Let, let me read a little bit here, and then I want to kind of camp out for a minute on a few of these verses. But uh, verse 14 of Proverbs 10 says, Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life. The fruit of the wicked is sin. So you see this contrast. Uh, the wise person does this. The unwise person experiences that. The, the righteous does this. The unrighteous does that. Bert, um, what you're seeing here is um, consequences of beliefs and behavior. I want to say this. What you believe and what you do, beliefs and behavior, for good or for bad, yields consequences, doesn't it? It does. But And notice the contrast in chapter 15 and 16. It's really not a contrast. I would say it was a completion. Now, listen. The rich man's wealth is a strong city. You know, here up on earth, someone who has money may can buy their way out of something. They can help buy things. But look what it says in the latter part of verse 16. The wages of the wicked is to sin. And the wages of that, it reminds us of Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death. And so this money that they have that does them good here in this world, does no good in heaven. It does not bring blessing. It does not bring satisfaction. And so, Alex, but the the poor person can have wealth. Um, you know mm -hmm. that old song? I think it was Rusty Goodman that wrote it from the Goodman family. I'm a poor rich man. And, and, <laughs> and so we That's have good. riches untold when we have Christ, don't we? Well, we really do. We we really do. And in fact, um, it may it may or may not be monetary riches. You know, maybe God has blessed you with financial uh, substance. But like you say, um, that strong city. When you're in Christ, you you are wealthy. Um, I like verse seventeen. It says, "He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuses reproof errs." Uh, Bert, I love the, that phraseology, the way of life. I looked that up in the original language, and it says that, the, the, the way, the pathway of life. And, friend, there is a pathway not only to eternal life, but to a blessed, 
and I'm going to just say a prosperous life here on earth. Now, you don't come to Jesus in hopes to get wealthy, but I want to say this. If you follow the Lord, he will prosper you. Now, it may be in that he begins to make make you have a, a, a better family, uh, better personal habits, uh, a lot of ways, but God, by every measuring stick, blesses and favors and, yes, prospers the one who follows him. And that is, verse 17, the way of life. The way of life. Bert, I don't want to be on the pathway of death or destruction. <laughs> I want to be, I want that roadmap to life, don't you? I do as well. That's great, Alex. Verses 18 through 21 kind of follow that. When you take instruction the right way, it gives you wisdom. What does that do? It helps you with your speech. Uh, listen to these. This is about lying tongues and about words. Whoever hides hatred, this is verse 18, whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked mm-hmm. is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Now, there's so much here, but let me just, I, I want to look, if you could, in verse 19. The multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Um, yes. God's given us two ears and one mouth for a reason. I think that could be said for that. In other words, guard your speech. The Bible talks mm-hmm. about every idle word being brought under judgment. Be careful with your speech. Be slow slow to speak and you know and uh, the bible just makes much of that alex uh verses 18 through 21 really does cause us to think about our speech doesn't it well it does um there was an older gentleman uh near near pleasant garden is a little community called liberty north carolina some of you listening probably know about liberty north carolina wonderful little community and one of the um, older people of the town, a businessman who recently passed away, but he was being interviewed by the paper, and they were talking about if if he could give any advice to young people. And he said, well, the times I, I got in trouble, the times I hurt myself in life, he said, I was talking when I should have been listening. And And I've often thought about that. You're right. Proverbs says there's no lack of sin in a multitude of words. And so... Um, we all, and I'm preaching at Alex here, but we need to we need to be listeners um, more more so than talkers. Verse 23 says, "It is a sport to a fool to do mischief." You know, a game just it's it's just a game. You know, um, some people just get their enjoyment from doing things that are evil, but a man of understanding has wisdom. Uh, the fear of the wicked it shall come upon him. In other words, if somebody is uh, rejecting the Lord, they're living an unrighteous life, that thing they fear will come upon them. But the desire of the righteous will be granted. Um, Bert, isn't it something how God gives his children blessings? And, you know, the way to be happy, and I'm being a little bit superficial here, but well, it's, it's one thing to get what you want, but it's a, an even better thing to want the right things. Amen. And don't don't yeah. you think one of the great ministries of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is he changes our desires. And God, if you'll let him, he changes your priorities and what you value. 
And I think that's that's one of the earmarks of a disciple is the things that matter to God begin to matter to you. Well said. And what happens, why? Because it's what we value. Verse 25 kind of speaks to that. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. And this world can take away everything that an unbeliever has. They have nothing. In other words, they put their wealth in riches and lands and buildings. The whirlwind comes, passes by, and destroys it. They have nothing left. If that happens to the righteous, we still have something left. We have an everlasting foundation. That foundation is Christ. And uh, when I saw that word foundation, I could not help but think about the chief cornerstone being the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the rock of our salvation. Alex, uh, our, our righteousness is in Christ Jesus and not on our own works, is it? That's true. That's true. Our righteousness is in uh, Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that a lot. That's one of the unique things about the Christian faith is that, yes, Jesus will wash your sins away if you put your faith in the Lord, but he will declare you righteous. And uh, you, you want to go to heaven when you die? Well, you've got to be righteous. And so you put your faith in Christ, and he declares you righteous. It's amazing. But, um, hey, let me put something in here, Bert, from verse 26. As vinegar is to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. I had an atheist say to me one day, I said, that, you know, he, he said to me that he didn't believe anything in the Bible. I said, well, you ought to believe because there's truth in the Bible. And I said, look, vinegar, uh, vinegar, you can't drink it. I mean, that's, that's biblical. Um, so even the skeptics should know that there are undeniable truths in the Bible. And this is written almost 3,000 years ago. All right, vinegar is something that will make you, you'll, you'll make an ugly face if you try to drink some vinegar because it's just uh, an undrinkable substance. Smoke in your eyes. If you've ever been at a bonfire or burning leaves in the fall and smoke in your face, it's unpleasant. Well, those, those are very vivid images. But the sluggard or the lazy person or the, the procrastinator uh, doesn't give his boss a full day's work. That's a very undesirable thing. So there's this comparison there. Um, and the, the point it's trying to get across is don't be a sluggard. Uh, I love this. We've talked about this many times. The fear of the Lord prolongs days. Some translations render it the fear of the Lord brings length of days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Uh, that's true, isn't it, Bert? It how, is. How it is. sad it is that many people that... Um, at a young age, they choose to reject the Lord, and their life ends not only uh, early, but very often violently. And Alex, it's true for individuals, but let me just say it's so true for a nation as well. When the Ten oh, Commandments right. was given, it was given to a nation. Yes, they're to be individually obeyed, but they're also to be collectively obeyed. And it talks about the first commandment with a promise, and that is honoring your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a principle that I do believe, and there's a principle here. The fear of the Lord prolongs 
the life of a family. It prolongs the life of individuals, of a church, of a nation. And so we respect him. The hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Alex, uh, following the Lord has its rewards. Many times you see them here, but you definitely will see them in eternity. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes yeah. our vision is shortened by death. and uh, But if we look beyond death, we see those rewards that come our way. Well, you know, you talked about um, a nation. Um, Bert, do you remember, this is 30 years ago, I suppose, uh, there was a film called America, You're Too Young to Die. Yep. And and that was really based on a sermon by the great revivalist Leonard Ravenhill, and many of you will know that name. But you're right. Just just as sinful living and unrighteousness will will cut short the life of a person, it will cut short the life of a nation. And um, one, uh, there was a Harvard University professor who said this 20 years ago, but it's still true, um, said, we are paying the price for having banished God from American life. And so, folks, one of the things that I would ask you to pray as we go through this book of Proverbs and we look at God's truth and God's wisdom, pray for America. Pray for revival in America. Uh, Proverbs 10 concludes, talks about the, the hope of the righteous is gladness. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. That's true. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked will not inhabit the earth. Doesn't that remind you of in the Beatitudes? The righteous inherit, the meek inherit the earth. It really will. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. And all you're getting, get wisdom. The fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. So know the Lord Jesus Christ. The number that you can call is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you today. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. This is Frank Effney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern, right here on AFR. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One word has proven to be debilitating in our society, the D word, discrimination. What we fail to realize is discrimination is not automatically a dirty concept. We discriminate against thieves and murderers when we send them to prison. We discriminate against sexual predators by keeping them away from children. And yes, we rightly discriminate against men when we keep them out of women's restrooms. 
According to Psalm 1, we have to discriminate against the counsel of the wicked in order to be blessed. Good thing God isn't debilitated by the D word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Magicians really can't saw people in two, but what they're great at is getting you to redirect your focus onto something else so that they can complete their illusion. They're masters of misdirection. Well, that's how the devil works. He moves your focus away from Jesus Christ so that he can destroy you. The Bible says that we are to be focused, watchful, with our eyes on Jesus at all times. That's how to resist the devil's tricks of discouragement, temptation, and lies that can easily defeat us. Remember, Jesus in you is greater than the devil in his deception. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Oh, I like that song, I Rest in the Arms of Jesus, Come What May. Alex McFarland here along with Bert Harper, and you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. So glad you are. Here's the number to call in, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, toll-free nationwide, and you may call with a Bible question. And Bert will do our best to give an answer, just like we did in that book you and I put out October 12th, it released uh, 100 Bible Questions and Answers. Bert, I was thinking earlier today, I like we ha- need more things to do, but I would like for you and I to write a second volume of that. You think we have 100 more questions, Alex? Oh, I know we do, because uh, <laughs> when we were working on that book, I, I came up with about 500 different <laughs> questions. Uh, and init- see, initially it was going to be 200 questions, and the publisher said that might be a little much for one book. So yeah. maybe we'll get to do a volume two. Volume someday. two. Okay. Be praying. Hey, listen, we do have lines open. And so you can call 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We have room for you today. But first, we're going to go to Oklahoma and talk to Susan. Susan, welcome. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. I don't, I don't really have a question, but this has been laid on my heart recently, and I just wanted you guys to help me pray about it, that I'm so thankful that we live in a country where we have the right to choose the church that we go to mm-hmm. and that we can read our Bibles and worship God and pray without fear of any kind. 
And that's just all I wanted to say, make that statement, and I'll hang up and listen to you. Thank you, Susan. I join you. Alex, one of the things that, uh, you know, in in college and seminary, I took church history. I loved, mm-hmm. I loved it. I I thought the only thing I'd love to do rather than pastors teach church history in college or seminary. I just ate it up. And one of the things that my, one of my professors was talking about, they talk about all the denominations and how bad that is. And he said, have you considered what it was like before denominations? A church state. And uh, you sure don't want that. So in America here, if you look at the history of the 13 colonies and see that each one of those were usually dominated by one specific church. But when it came to the Constitution of the United States, there was written in there that freedom. And I agree with Susan. Praise the Lord. What a freedom. Absolutely. You know, I've been so blessed, Bert, traveling all over the country for 24, 25 years to be in hundreds and hundreds of churches. And I, I kind of jokingly say from from the mild to the wild, I've been in churches where they sleep in the pews. I've been in churches where they jump over them. Uh, but it really is a beautiful tapestry of God's people, different styles of worship, and yet one message, Jesus. And so let me just say to everybody listening, be in church. No matter where you live, uh, you pray about it, you do some homework. There's a good church in your community, I'm sure of it. I mean, 345,000 churches, and everybody, and it might take you a little while to find the one that you feel led to go with, but be in a church that believes and preaches the Bible, and your life will be better for it. Amen. Thank you so much, Susan, for calling. Let's let's go to your state of North Carolina and talk to Cynthia. Cynthia, welcome. Thank you so much. Go right ahead. You have a question for today? Uh, yes, yes. I wanted to know. I've always been a little bit perplexed by uh, Acts two forty one, and then they were gladly received. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. The same day, there were added unto them about three thousand. Now, does that mean they were baptized by the Holy Spirit? Did all 3,000 physically get emerged, dipped in the water? <laughs> Alex, I know if they were saved, they were baptized by the Holy Spirit. That's a given, yes. right? Yes. Uh, do you think they had a mass baptism by water that day as well? Well, you know, that is what the word means. I mean, if we're going to take it at face value, it does mean, you know, uh, Immersed. There, you know, it's interesting. There was what was called a mikvah bath, M-I-K-V-A. Mikvah was a, in the Jewish uh, synagogues was how they would ritualistically, you know, be cleansed for worship. And these became the first baptismals. And Bert, um, you've been to the Holy Land, and, and we went seven years ago, and we got to go to the excavated ruins of a first century church. And there, at one end, it was a rectangle, but steps going down into one end, steps coming out the other. It looked like a baptismal font in any church where I've been to preach, or you have too. So, you know, I'm just going to take it for what it means. I think that upon putting their faith in Christ, these these new believers were baptized. I would as well. And the most I've baptized in one service is 30. And uh, there was at least 12 of those, maybe others that were baptizing. And uh, I did that within, you know, 40 minutes or so. 
And so there would not be impossible for that to happen. And uh, they had the pools there close by as well as what you were talking. I doubt if they had those early on, but they would have had water access to do that. And so I I believe they were baptized by the Holy Spirit and in water. Uh, Cynthia, thank you for your good thought and your good question. Let's go up to Ohio and talk to Scott. Scott, welcome. Thank you very much for taking my call. I was wondering if when Jesus went through his torture, crucifixion, um, if God the Father actually felt what was happening or if there was a, a separation during that time. Oh, wow. Did the Father feel what's happening? Let me just, I, I want to say this as a dad, as a parent, and I think all of the parents who are listening uh, will identify with that. If you don't feel the physical pain, I think you feel it even more in the hurt and the agony. Uh, although it says it pleased the Father. Now, it didn't please him for his son to do that. It pleased him for what he did in obedience to bring many to the uh, to the throne, Alex, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, the physical pain, it, I understand it was horrible for Jesus. But again, the most agonizing that Jesus had was, my God, my God, why have you mm-hmm. forsaken me? That was the most agonizing words from the cross, wasn't it? It really was. It really was, which, um, you know, is a quote of Psalm 22, verse 1. Um, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, theologians speak of what's called the humiliation of Christ. In 2 Corinthians five twenty one. it says that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. Now, to what degree the physical excruciating pain that Jesus went through, to what degree the Father or the Spirit could feel that, I don't know. But I will say this, um, and, and we, we've said this a number of times in the program, you know, in, in many ways, the world could be described as a legal universe. I mean, we're, we sin and we're guilty before God, and that, that guilt has to be dealt with if we're to go to heaven. And so we... Uh, as scholars say, we go to heaven on the virtue of another. See, we have no righteousness of our own, but if we put our faith in Jesus, his righteousness is attributed to us. So in a legal sense, you, the believer, uh, are right in the eyes of the Father by virtue of what Jesus did on the cross, okay? But, you know, Bert, what happened was when Jesus hung on the cross, and all of the guilt of the world was poured onto Jesus. And the Holy Son of God took on our guilt. I don't fully understand what it means that the Father turned his back on, on the Son. But it, it had to be done. Uh, now, what all it involved, I don't really know. But somehow, I'll put it this way, God was willing to go to the extreme uh, efforts to make it possible for you to be born again. The pain that Jesus endured, the separation momentarily of the Father and the Son, the first and the only time in all of history, I don't know what it was, but I know it cost God something to give us salvation, didn't it? It did, and Jesus, you know, the Bible talks about it. He could have called the angels to deliver him. God the Father could have said, that's enough. 
you know, it says forsaken him, or you, as you said, turn your back. He turned his back not to rescue him. Uh, I know it means that. He chose that Jesus said, yes, I'll do it. And the father, in place of saying, no, I'll rescue, he said, no, go ahead and do it, son. So that is what the price. I think it shows how horrible sin is. Uh, I I think we, uh, John, uh, you know, who was it that wrote uh, Amazing Grace? John Newton said, yeah, John Newton, you know, yeah. uh, I, these things I know, I'm a great sinner, but God is a great, great Savior. Uh, Amen. It is, and he is the greatest Savior. There's no one like him. Scott, thank you for that really deep thought, good question. We appreciate it. It made me uh, look deeper into the appreciation of what God's done for us when he gave his son. Thank you so much. Let's go to Ohio and talk to Steve. Steve, welcome. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Good to have I you. I have a question. Of, I have a question about the book of Job. Um, I'm just really struggling with um, kind of what I should be taking away from it. I, I'm really struggling with almost God making this deal with the devil to hurt him. So if you could uh, just explain that a little bit, thank you. Okay. Steve, thank you for another, man, getting the great questions today. Here's what I want to share with you. God did permit Lucifer to, to, to bring these things upon Job, but they were limited. He did not, he said, accept, accept. And, and that's what I learned. Uh, I heard this statement the other day, Steve, that anything that gets to you had to go through the filter of God's loving hands first. And uh, I, I understand life is painful. It is harsh and it is difficult. Uh, that, that is true. It rains on the just and the unjust. Rain is good. Rain is bad. And, and so, Alex... There's a lot I get from Job, but the main thing I get is that God loved Job, and he did permit that testing, but it was God was there with him during the test. Go ahead. You know, and, and sir, thank you for calling in, and I commend you for reading the book of Job, the Old Testament book of Job, um, because I, I do think there's great value in this book. Bert and I talked through this several years ago, and, and depending on how you count, we find out that Job, a righteous man, went through 17 types of suffering. And uh, among other things, uh, it was to shut the mouth of the accuser, Satan. And we ask ourselves, you know, why am I, I I've tried to be good, I'm a Christian, I've tried to do right, and this or that happened. Well, we don't know for sure, but I'll say part of the value of Job is there is a spiritual battle going on in the invisible realm. You might not see it around you, but we live in a world of intense spiritual warfare. Uh, we also see that Satan does take note of God's followers and has evil plans and malice toward individual believers. But uh, God did sustain Job. Job did not curse God and at the end, Job was blessed, and uh, not only blessed here on earth, but I believe rewarded in heaven. So, Bert, let, let me say this. When we're going through something, 
among other things, I mean, we might learn new things about the faithfulness of God. We might learn things about how much we need God. But among other things, the reason that the righteous suffer may be to shut the mouth of Satan. Who Satan said, you know, yeah, sure, Job follows you. You've blessed him. You let me beat up on him a little bit, and he'll curse you. And, and God says, no, he won't. Job does love me. And so um, let me say God wasn't just um, sadistically playing dice with Job's life. There was some very specific spiritual victories that were won, and that's why God permitted it. God, God didn't cause it. He did permit it, but good came from it. Steve, thank you. And, and I would say, Job, because of that, many, many people have been blessed looking at the book of Job, knowing yeah. what they were going through, that God was mindful of that, and he is very mindful of that. And at the end, Job was blessed. Uh, I, and Bert, let me say— Yeah, go ahead. For, forgive me for interrupting. Let me say one more thing. I know time fleets away. Um, whenever we as humans struggle with understanding why did this or that happen, people often ask the question— why did Israel uh, kill the Canaanites? You know, uh, why did uh, Elijah, you know, call down fire on the prophets of Baal? Why did Job suffer? Here's the question: Did God have a morally sufficient reason for allowing that? And yes, He did. God doesn't sin. God is not unrighteous. So even it's hard to understand, Bert, but God had a morally sufficient reason. For allowing what went on. God is God and man is not. We can trust him. And uh, the if you're a Christian, you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies, no matter what you're going through. If you do not know Christ and you're looking at it and say, man, I need to have that relationship, uh, you really can. Triple Eight need him. You can call them. Triple Eight need him. And those people will help you to come into that relationship, that last forever. Alex, looking forward to tomorrow, brother. Folks, thanks for listening. This has been Exploring the Word. You can listen again to this and all other shows on AFR.net or get the mobile app. Hey, do us a favor. Tell somebody about the show. More importantly, tell somebody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.